want to ask you a question. I, it's probably the same question I asked last year on this day, uh, if some of you were here then. The question is, when Jesus ascended into heaven, where did he go? Where did he go to heaven? That's not much of an answer, though, really. Did he change locations? Does he have a new address in your address book? Does he go to a different place? In the Acts account, the story that we read, the first reading today, it says that he went up and a cloud received him. Does that mean that he's hidden in a cloud somewhere? Or maybe he's behind the cloud? Or maybe he's beyond the cloud? Is that really where he's at? Or like so many other times in the Bible, is this is this meta metaphorical language. You know, in, on Mount Sinai, the cloud was the presence of God that covered the mountain. Or on the day of the Transfiguration, Jesus and Moses and Elijah were covered by the cloud of God's presence. Is the cloud a sign of God's presence, that he ascends into the very presence of God? The book of Hebrews uses that familiar phrase. It says that he ascended to the right hand of the Father. And that, that language gets repeated in the Apostles' Creed. He's at the right hand of the Father. But does that mean that there's a throne in heaven and somebody that, well, actually looks very human, maybe an old man with a white beard? No, not, not this. <laughs> no, no, I didn't say that. I don't mean it. An old man with a black beard, or a blue beard, a throne, and there's a second throne right at his right side, and there sits Jesus beside him. Is that the way it is? Or is it, as is so often in the Bible, the right hand of God is the creative power of God, the power by which God creates the world, redeems the world, defeats his enemies, and sets his people free? That strong right hand. Is that where Jesus is? At God's right hand? In his power? In his glorious power? St. John's Gospel puts it much more simply uh, in, in our Gospel for today. Just simple words. Jesus says to the Father, he's praying, and he says, now I'm coming to you. That's all he says. Now I am coming to you. Now I am coming to you. Well, if you read all of John's Gospel, the very first chapter, in the very first chapter, we're told by St. John that Jesus, the Word of God, is in the bosom of the Father. That's what he says. 18th verse. He's in the bosom of the Father. Well, let me ask you again. Is, is somehow the Father a, a huge uh, human-looking person with, with a big chest and Jesus is somehow running around in there? Now, none of you believe that. I know you don't. I mean, that is clearly metaphorical language, isn't it? And we use the same language about ourselves. Most of us, we would say, Jesus is in my bosom. Or Jesus is in my heart. When we say that, do we mean running around in a little tiny Jesus running around in here? No, we don't. None of us mean that. No matter how literalistic we are, we do not, we do not believe that. 
When we say that, we mean some way that Jesus is in us, with us, closer to us than we are to ourselves. So that he is, he is intimately with us. Hmm? If he's in our bosom, so he is with the Father. Intimately with the Father. Whatever that means. Wherever that's at. In the very first chapter again of St. John's Gospel, in fact, the Gospel begins with these words, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So, before Jesus was ever incarnate, that comes in the 14th verse, he said, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Before, before the incarnation, Jesus was the Word, huh? That's what, that's what John tells us. The Word was with God and the Word was God from, from the very beginning. Could it be, and I, I, just, I just put this out for you to think about, that Jesus was the Word that became flesh, that ascended where? Back to being the Word. The Word. The Word that comes to us, that is with us as, as spoken word, as word of power, word of authority, word of love, word of grace, the very word that <laughs> I try to say to you week after week after week. Because that's, that's the preacher's task, is to be the incarnation of that word for you right here, right now. You see, the preacher's task is not, as some people think, some people think the preacher is here to tell you about Jesus. That's not true. Anybody can tell you about Jesus. An atheist can tell you about Jesus. Anybody that's read the story can tell you about Jesus. Right? Anybody can tell you about Jesus. I didn't come here to tell you about Jesus. I come here to speak Jesus to you to be Jesus' mouthpiece for you, to speak his word to each and every one of you to say, you're my child. I love you. I want you. You're the lost sheep I've been looking for all this time. I forgive you. I keep you. You have a place in my kingdom forever and ever. That's why I came here today, to share that word. It's not my word. It's his word. And he is the very incarnation, the the. the, the, the the enfleshment of God's love among you. He's come to, to speak those words to you, to be that word to you. I love you. I care for you. No matter what goes on in your life, no matter how mixed up it is, how good or bad, I still love you. As a father or mother loves his or her child, I love you just that way. And I won't let you go ever. And that word gets repeated again and again. It, it, it's repeated in the scripture lessons. It's repeated when you pick up your Bible. Now, again, anybody can read their Bible. All kinds of people read the Bible. Scholars read the Bible who, who, who are not even believers. But when you read the Bible looking for that living word, he comes. He comes right off the page, into your eyes, and in, there you go again, into your heart, right? I mean, you probably didn't see him bounce off the page and jump in, but, he, but he's there. He comes. He comes not just when the preacher speaks that word, but when you speak it to each other. 
When, when one of you needs a word of encouragement and another says, you're loved, you're a child of God. You've been redeemed by the Lord. That's Jesus in his word, the ascended Lord coming through you to your neighbor. In one of the most joyful, I keep saying this all the time, the joyful time of the service is when we share the peace. And what? You are the incarnation of his word to one another. The peace of the Lord be with you. You're speaking his word. You are in, incarnating his word hmm? to one another. Joyfully, with a, a word, a handshake, a hug, a kiss, whatever. And it goes on and on because he, he keeps coming to us. He said, he said in John's Gospel, just a, a few verses before this, he said, I, I'm going away, but I will come to you. I will come to you. And he does. He just keeps coming. He's what makes the waters of baptism living water. It isn't just that the water runs in a stream, although sometimes it does. That's living water. But living water is water that, that's used with the word, the word of promise. When you're washed in this water, you'll be clean. That's what he's saying. This water is not just any water. It's holy, special water, water that'll make you clean for eternity. That'll wash away your sins, wash away all your regrets and sorrows, wash you, make you a new person for the kingdom. It's his word that, that comes to the bread and wine. See, the bread and wine are bread and wine. I, I, I hope I don't get in any trouble on this, but they, they are bread and wine. But they're bread and wine that bring him to us. Bread and wine that, that, that are the conveyors of Jesus. He says, this is my body. That's his promise. He, he gives himself to us in that bread and wine. The bread and wine become the vehicles of his presence for us. You see what I'm saying? You don't have to get caught up in some great metaphysical uh, discussion of this. Simply trust the word that says, I'll be here for you. I'm here for you. I'm here for you. This is, this is the ascended Lord. The ascended Lord who, who keeps coming. He says there, now I'm coming to you. This is in our gospel plan. Now I'm coming to you, and I speak these things in the world that is going to still be among you in the physical sense, so that they may have my joy made complete in themselves. So that they may have my joy. Think about that. So that they, that's you he's talking about, so that you may have my joy. What is that joy? The joy of knowing your love. Forgiven, that you have a place in the kingdom, that you belong in, in, among a people. I said it before, I'll say it again. Telling you to be joyful never makes you joyful. It doesn't work that way. But what I want to tell you is that you're precious people. That nothing can, can take away the love that God has for you. Nothing, nothing, nothing in all creation. Paul says that in Romans chapter 8. There's nothing that can separate you from the love of God in Jesus Christ our Lord. Nothing. And that's our joy. That's our joy. We American Lutherans have, have a, a hymn writer whom nobody else knows but us. Uh, and, and he writes, he, he, he's, he's uh, what would I say? He, he's, he's 
so prolific he is. Uh, prolific he is. <laughs> nobody cares. You know what I mean? So prolific that nobody, too many. That's what I'm saying. Thousands of hymns. John Ilvesacker. One hymn that, that's never been very popular, but I love. The words are cool, cool living, living forgiven. <laughs> cool, cool living, living forgiven. That's true. Just living free, huh? Free. Free from all our past, all our failures. <coughs> A couple more things and then I'll quit. Toward the end of this gospel, he says to the Father, he prays to the Father, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. Sanctify them, that is, make them holy. And to be holy is to set, be set apart. To be set apart as God's own people. Set them apart as God's own people. Sanctify them in your word. Now, if you're reading John's gospel, what is word? It's Jesus. Sanctify them in your word. Your word is truth. What is truth? In John's gospel, what is truth? I am the way and the truth and the life. It's all in Jesus. All in Jesus' love, in his word, in his ministry. I, I think Protestants, and, and conservative Protestants in particular, hear that verse and they think immediately of the Bible. Sanctify them in your word. Well, it is the Bible, but only in a secondary sense. Because the Bible is what gives us who? Jesus. Jesus. Jesus comes to set us free. And that's the Jesus who has ascended, that he might be with us always in his word, in his promise. Not some other Jesus, but the Jesus whom we know in his word. Always that same word, the same Jesus. He doesn't change. He's the same Jesus, the Jesus who went away so that he could come again and be with us. Interesting, in, in, in the second reading for today, just one verse from that, I just want to point it out. Verse 11, and this is what God has testified. This is God's testimony. He has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. That's what he gives us, is life and joy and freedom. And he just keeps coming to, to set you free. To set you free. You're my child. I love you. I forgive you. I'll never leave you. You can hang on to me. Whatever comes, whatever failures you experience in life, however bad it gets or however good it gets, doesn't matter. He is with you always. What do we just sing? Lo, I am with you always to the end of the age. Always. Oh,